Ephesians 4, verse 17. Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. As a new believer, I found the church life pretty cool. At our church, nearly everyone was young like us and loved Jesus. I was growing in my relationship with Jesus, and life was really changing for the better. And one of the things I discovered was God doesn't do all the work in my life. There are a few things that I need to do. He does the critical things like filling me with his Holy Spirit, renewing my mind, giving me salvation, etc. And he did all these pretty quick. So I was riding a wave of new life, and the light of God was really in me, flushing out the darkness. And that's exactly what I was looking for. I was really weary from the darkness that I had been in for so many years, and now I was being set free. God's life was evident in my life, and I wanted it to shine, but there was a problem. Because I was so used to darkness, any light at all was visible. So the light in me, which was legit, was not burning as bright as it was supposed to. And as I began to grow in Christ, this became obvious. I was caught in the middle of darkness and light. 1 John 1.5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God is light, and there is no darkness at all in him. This is the way he is. God is holy, and there is no wickedness in him. God is truth, and there is nothing false in him. So the light of God has but one setting, 100%. He's not like a dimmer switch where the light varies according to its setting. He's full on. So with that in mind, believers should be radiating 100% light if the light of God is in them. But what commonly happens? After we come to faith and that light is in us, we can become like a dimmer switch, but not decreasing the light, rather increasing the darkness in our lives. And that darkness which we once wallowed in wants to come back. Those old behaviors which we loved but understand are not in God's plan of holiness for us. They creep back in the mind and with a little help from the powers of darkness that invisibly exist in our midst. So then our relationship with Jesus becomes this battle against the darkness to maintain a good witness and communion with Jesus. Psalm 24.3 Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. A few days ago, I was at a meeting where the issue of pornography came up. And porn is everywhere. It's one of the most powerful tools of the enemy in our culture, and it has literally wrecked marriages, family relations, friendships, and turned a lot of people into perverts. And this week, I was reading an article on a website, nothing to do with porn, but next to it, was an article about a woman in the porn game who was making the claim that she was, quote, doing nothing wrong, unquote. And that's the attitude of many these days. Isaiah 520, woe to those who call evil good 
and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's our culture right there. I attended a marriage class prior to writing my own marriage series on the website, hoping to glean some good stuff from the material. And the marriage class has videos from the ministry that created it. And it's not from our church. It's another one. But in one of the videos, a guy who was on staff at that particular church admitted to everybody to having a porn addiction and frequently masturbating. And that's what I'm talking about. Darkness comes in, and instead of battling it, we go along with it, and it completely ruins our witness. And for this guy to admit that and be a leader in this marriage ministry demonstrates once again the problem with so many churches substituting biblical teaching for worldly teaching. We all need to be delivered from evil, not simply trying to manage it. Can you imagine your daughter going to a pastor trying to get some insight, and this pastor is a porn geek who masturbates frequently? Do you trust her with him? I wouldn't. That person would be removed from ministry. Not according to our church policy, according to the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 3, no longer above reproach. We all need to be delivered from evil. And this requires we lay down our lives as a sacrifice to Jesus day by day. This involves living a life focusing on glorifying Jesus and forsaking the flesh. You can't glorify Jesus when you're wallowing in the flesh, just like Paul said in that passage in Ephesians. And this is what I needed to learn as I began to grow in my relationship with Jesus. The sacrifice he made for us is something I found I had to take seriously because when I was playing around with the old darkness in my mind, I was dimming that light. I now knew I had a decision to make, Jesus or darkness. There is no middle ground. Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I still have to do this daily. Our enemy does not sleep and knows us very well. Those powers of darkness have been with us since the beginning and know everything we do because they are present with us. This is why I have experienced things where I knew doing this thing was wrong and I really didn't want to do it, but something compelled me to do this thing. And afterwards, I just sat there and asked myself, why did I just do this? The answer is the powers of darkness are also connected with our spirit and they influence us. Our spirit, that's the supernatural part of every human being that connects with the spirit realm. And denying the spirit exists is another example of the deception the enemy is so good at. But there's victory in Jesus. That light is there and available to anyone who will seek him. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. And if I can add my own thoughts, anyone who believes can ask and it will be given to them. Yelling at God saying, if you're really there, show me, not a good idea. Because he may just show you in a way that brings you to your knees where you should have been all along. The victory comes through faith and faith is believing even when it's tough to do. But that faith brings the victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 5, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I honestly believe that most professing Christians do not have the victories God has in store for them. And I probably have a few victories I need to work on. 
But in my journey with Jesus, I have experienced so many victories where the Lord simply takes something away and immediately I'm freed up from that thing without even desiring it anymore. Alcohol being one of them. Because of my idiotic behavior as an unbeliever, I amassed a lot of regrets when I chose to get hammered. So when someone offers me a beer, it's not like my mind is really struggling to resist. I hate alcohol, period. I've seen how much destruction and devastation alcohol causes in the lives of so many people. I want nothing to do with it. That's victory. It's not simply the power to resist. It's deliverance. That's why I get so bent out of shape when I see people in ministry living in defeat and treating sin like a self-help program where if I just try this, then hopefully it'll work. There's something so much better than that available in Jesus. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. When we hate evil, we can truly understand what it means to fear the Lord. And for the believer that fears the Lord, they can expect a lot of good things in return, both now and in eternity. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, we exhort each one of you and encourage you and charge you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. God's still at work, and as the darkness engulfs another soul, so the liberation of that darkness comes to another who receives Jesus and believes upon his name. Thank you.